Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. And welcome in to Therese Paler Show. This is Jay Binkley with Therese Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Also, Hall of Fame voter and host the podcast with Charles Robinson on the Yahoo NFL Sports Podcast. Good evening, Therese. Think, my man. How's it going? You know what? It's going, Therese. And we finally, finally got some playoffs. You and I talked about why I did the Grab Your Popcorn Weekend. I'll be honest with you, Therese. The NFL's done some nice things, man. I personally give them the award out of all the sports franchises. Major League Baseball had their cancellations. NBA had a bubble. NHL had a bubble. They got all 256 games played outside, and they were creative with this uh, wild card weekend. Hats off to the NFL this year. Yeah, yeah, they're getting to the point where we're about to finish this thing up, and they've really continued to soldier on um, thanks to the partnership uh, between the league and its teams and the players' union. I think players deserve a lot of credit in general for – making good decisions and yeah there have been some outbreaks but it could have been a lot worse so far um generally every player and the overwhelming majority of players are making the choices necessary to make this thing happen so um because of that my man we are uh we're, we're gonna we're gonna get a full season it looks like uh, in a pandemic year and man that is something it is something well let's start here because the chiefs know their opponent would you uh, put my Correct. computer up here? Sit back and watch and listen to this one inside a half minute, and the Browns will not have to snap the ball again. They will beat the Steelers in the opening round of the playoffs on a wonderful, wonderful wild card weekend. They knock off the Steelers 48-37. Kansas City, here we come. That's right, Therese. What a game that was. We'll start with this one as we dive through the NFL playoffs, but obviously this is who the Chiefs will play this coming weekend. Uh, This game really maybe was over within 14 seconds with the missed snap by the Steelers. Five turnovers by Big Ben and the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not good. Yeah, and I, I came away really impressed by the physical toughness of Cleveland. You know, for the first time in decades, I feel Cleveland had the tougher football team. Um, and it really showed on both sides of the line in the one area that you know both of us really care about, which is the line of scrimmage, right? You and I love the foot, the trench play, you know, trench warfare. And I thought Cleveland won on both sides of the ball. And that's saying a lot. They were missing Joel Betonio, you know what I mean? Big Jack Conklin got hurt, like, and they still kind of beat these guys up. 
um, up front on both sides of the ball. And if you're, I mean, if you're Pittsburgh, that was pretty discouraging. And I know there's a lot of talk about the Steelers and they're yapping and juju. No, no, no. They lost the game because they got out toughed. A Steeler team got out toughed. Okay. So Cleveland's going to come in here excited, confident, playing with nothing to lose. My opinion is probably a year early for them to beat a team like Kansas City because they were celebrating really hard after that win. <laughs> um, you know, it's like this, it's a slow climb to the top of the mountain, right? But um, no matter what, you know, the Chiefs are going to have to play well to win. And they're going to have to be tough up front because Cleveland will bring it. Now, they are exceptionally well coached. Well, they are, and you think about that offensive line, Therese. To be honest with you, I know the Packers get the run analytically with how well they pass block in the Colts, but no team has three all-pros on that offensive line. Jack Conklin, first-team mm-hmm. all-pro. Second-team, Joe Jack. Batonio, didn't play. And Wyatt Taylor, uh, he's a fifth-round pick. I mocked him a lot. I really, I've been a huge fan of Wyatt Taylor going back to the draft in 18, where I thought he'd be a perfect you did? fit. You liked him then? Oh, yeah. He was in my mocks, Therese. He was in my uh, mock drafts. Oh, I I liked me some Wyatt Teller, but uh, 25th in the NFL, only giving up 26 sacks. The Chiefs have actually given up two sacks fewer than the Browns. Here's the funny thing about it. Adida Kovala that covers the Browns says, Baker Mayfield wasn't sacked once last night, which the Steelers have a sack in every game going back to 2016. His left guard at the end was not Pro Bowl vet Joe Batonio, nor the recently elevated Michael Dunn. It was a kid named Blake Hance. Signed off the Jets practice squad last week, who Baker first met in the game in the locker room before the game. I know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, it's actually worse than that, Bank, if you're from, if you're Pittsburgh. Not only did they not get a sack, they didn't get, according to the NFL stat, statistician, I I looked this up, they didn't record a quarterback hit. Pittsburgh mm. and Baker Mayfield threw the ball 34 times. How? Like, how does that happen? You're Pittsburgh. Like, this was an elite defense. Bud Dupree meant that much that you can't get one hit on this guy? Like, they didn't force an interception. They didn't force a forced fumble. Like, I know Ben Roethlisberger stunk, okay? But that was a team-wide failure completely. Everybody let the Steelers down yesterday. And their inability to generate any pressure whatsoever on Baker Mayfield was completely unacceptable for an organization whose nickname is Blitzburg, for Christ's sake. Yeah, led the league in sacks last four years. Uh, here's the thing with the Steelers, though. We'll get into them because they have a mess next year. 18 free agents. It's, it's not good for Pittsburgh. But do you watch that game and think, okay, the Browns went out and won that game. Obviously, you like the physical play at the line. Or do you consider the Steelers losing it? Listen, Big Ben threw 68 times. It's very un-Steeler-like. They're running football team, right? They can't run it this year. Mm-hmm. He threw it 68 times, which is a record in the postseason. Only 70 from Drew Bledsoe in 1994 is the all-time NFL mark. He was too shy of the NFL mark. Did throw for 500 yards, but they had the throw to get back in this game. But I'm shocked at the way that they played. Did they, did they lose the game, or did Cleveland win this one? A little bit of both, as always. Um, you hate to take anything away from Cleveland because they generally play pretty well. And the way they came out, you know, guns blazing, you know. Hey, you take a 28-0 first quarter lead in a playoff game on the road, you're doing something right. You understand? Like, I'm not trying to 
we don't we don't need to minimize what they accomplished. But, um, you know, you don't do that unless the other team is messing up. And um, the lack of offensive execution, the complete inability to generate a push on the in the offensive line and run the football to take some pressure off Ben. I, I don't know if that's just because Ben wants to throw. I don't know if it's because they can't do it because they haven't been able to they haven't proved they can. But they've got some big changes that have got to come there, especially on the offensive line. They really got to improve. They, they got to get more push. And they got to commit to playing Pittsburgh Steelers football. They had James Conner in a contract year, um, and they couldn't establish a run game. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Quite honestly, you know, again, Bink, I watch a lot of football. Their stable of backs is not that bad. Like, Benny Snell can do some things. I actually really like Anthony McFarlane. He's elusive. Like, I feel like they should have been more consistent and established in the run all year long, then when they got into a street fight, they would have been able to duke it out. But you can't just go from, you know, being a white-collar guy to getting into street fights. And that's how I feel their offense was living. Therese, when you look at Cleveland, when you think about this defense, that pressure from the front four, right? they, they don't blitz a lot. They're 30th in the NFL in blitzes with blitz percentage. Uh, they're 32nd in quarterback hits meaning they just don't get and knock down the quarterback. Quarterback KD is dead last in the NFL, where the Chiefs have 63, much different. But they will apply mm-hmm. pressure. And sack-wise, they're right in the middle of the league, 16th in the league with 38 sacks during the regular season. But it's unusual mm-hmm. defense because they don't blitz. And we know that Patrick Mahomes eats the blitz up. This is not a team that blitzes. Not only that, they try to contain the quarterback within the pocket. They do. They do. Um their secondary doesn't scare me. Um, I think they miss Grant Delpit. I know he just would have been a rookie, but he would have helped them. Like, you can get stuff on this secondary. You can throw on these guys. Um, they'll get a boost with Ronnie Harrison coming back. But just from a coverage standpoint, he's really the only safety you really need to worry about. Um, and then cornerback-wise, Denzel Ward is actually <laughs> really good. He'll be back, right? But... You know, these other guys you can throw on them, right? These other guys can be thrown on. So um, they're going to play the way you need to play to have a chance against Kansas City. I just personally feel like it's a year early for those guys to be able to beat the Chiefs unless the Chiefs just hand it over to them or play, like, poorly. And with Kansas City having a two-week bye, you know, and really, a lot of guys sat out week 17. They're going to be rested. They're going to be ready to go. And one more thing, Bink, they have Mahomes. <laughs> big difference here. This was <laughs> – that's a big you difference. exactly what that meant. It's, it's, it's it a big difference here, Trez. <laughs> I'm with you. But here's what Andy said today on Baker Mayfield as we look at Cleveland's offense. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's matured uh, on the field. Um, <clears throat> I think he, he he's really fallen in love with this scheme, it looks like, and, and – um, mastered it so he he's doing very well that's not an easy thing to do when you've been given a couple different things as a young quarterback a couple different schemes to you know try to be the best at it's that's not easy to do for these quarterbacks a lot of guys get lost in that and looks like he's really powered through it and done a nice job what do you think about Baker Mayfield, this Cleveland offense, total offense they were 16th in the NFL, Therese, but the play-action pass is something that Baker Mayfield has really mastered, to be quite honest with you. And Andy's right. Kevin Stefanski's system is perfect for Baker's skill set, but that's what makes him dangerous. You have that, plus you have the third-leading rushing team in the NFL. 
Yeah, so the, the, the Browns offense is an outstanding marriage between the run game concepts and the pass game, meaning that, and this isn't, I mean, this is common, but it's not done as well as Cleveland does it as much as you think, right? Like they marry their run game concepts, which is power in some zone, outside zone, to the play action extremely well. And the offensive line is the key to that in those t- two great backs, Kareem Hunt, who Chiefs fans obviously know of, and um, Nick Chubb, right? But the offensive line, some guys we already mentioned here, these guys are really, really good. And Jedrick Wills is a good player as a rookie, right? But, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you guys right now, when you watch this game, if you want to know where the football is going, follow the right guard. Follow Wyatt Teller, right? 77 to tell you where the football is going. Because they love – look, we all know the Stefanski steam is is play action. Like We know that's what they enjoy doing. We know that's what they're about. But I'm telling you, when they're feeling themselves, they like to go power, and it's coming behind big number 77 with eye black. All right? He's pulling, and he's outstanding at it. Like, they're really getting after people in that way, right? Um, so, yeah, it's a great concept scheme-wise. Like, this offense just works. And then Baker Mayfield has a ton of moxie. He has the athleticism to escape, and he has a lot of arm talent. And he's really coming into his own as a quarterback. These guys are believing in him. And Cleveland's offense is for real. They know who they are, and they've got the pieces to execute it, and they're young. These guys are going to be around for a while here. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, the story. I mean, you know, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, is out. Five coaches weren't there. The offensive line coach and the backup offensive line coach weren't there, which what they did against Pittsburgh was amazing. It's kind of funny where we're at, Therese, in 2020. You know, these colleges scheduling games two days out in advance – Players practicing on Friday for a playoff game, not mm-hmm. having their coaches with them. They're kind of throwing all the old uh, old adjectives we had about the postseason out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, says a lot that they were able to still win that game without practicing. I mean, they've, they've dealt with a lot of adversity. Like, for, God, for goodness sakes, they had their receivers. Uh, when they lost all their receivers a couple weeks ago, like, they were trying to get practice squad guys up to speed in the parking garage in freezing yeah. temperatures before the game. Like, And they still, like, have managed to find a way to make the playoffs and win a game, right? So <laughs> it's funny. People are joking, like, NFL teams may never practice again but because um, so many teams have actually done okay while not having to practice. But um, they're going to need to work this week. You know, this is different than Ben Roethlisberger. This is... This is the best quarterback in football, um, the reigning Super Bowl MVP at home. What a well-rusted group. They're going to have to bring it. Therese will take a time when we come back. I want to know if they could come back, though. We know how good a running team they are, but mm. passing, they weren't very good passing team overall in the NFL, 24th in the NFL. We'll talk about that, and we'll start diving into the other playoff games and the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We do that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Follow him on Twitter at Therese Paler, senior writer, yahoosports.com. Therese, this offense passing wise, 24th in the NFL, 221 a game. Chiefs at 303 40. I don't think the Browns want to get in a shootout. With the Kansas City Chiefs, after all, Patrick Mahomes has eight turnovers the entire season. Interceptions and fumbles lost. Steelers 
five turnovers yesterday. I don't expect that to happen with the Chiefs. We know that they can play from the front with that running game. Now getting behind, can Cleveland have the horsepower to come back? I, I like I like Baker more than a lot of people do. I think Mayfield has a lot of arm talent. I think I think I think he's a little underrated as a passer, quite frankly. Um if they have to come back, I do think they could put up some points, but if they get down by a significant amount and they have to throw, I don't think they'd be able to stop Kansas City from scoring points. I don't. And they they, they don't that doesn't so let me make it very clear here, Bink. The the only path for Pitt for Cleveland to win this football game is to come out, dominate the line of scrimmages, take an early lead, and then like kind of limit Kansas City to knowing that they have to throw, then they might have a shot. But there's not really a path to victory for that team if they get down. I'm sorry. I just don't see it because Mahomes is John Wick anyway. But, you know, he <laughs> goes into full Baba Yaga mode when he's ahead. You just it, – it's over. Stick a fork in him. You're done. So I just – look, anything can happen in football. Like, I know that. I'm, I'm not acting like I know it all here. But I'm just telling you, I promise you Stefanski is like, hey, we got to we gotta take the lead on these guys. We got to play good defense, and then we got to win special teams, and then we got to dominate the line of scrimmage with our run game. That's going to matter here. My thing is, I actually think the Chiefs are going to do okay against the run. Nick Chubb might get his 130 or 140, but they're not going to. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they were to get 200 or something like that on those guys, and that's what it's going to take for them to win. Was this the most favorable matchup for the Chiefs? Thinking of the, okay, the Colts had they won, they really playing well with the Bills. We'll get into that game in a minute. The Colts, the Ravens. I mean, is this the better draw that the Chiefs got in the first round? Yeah, I think so. Because, like I keep saying, I, I do feel like they're Cleveland's year away. Whereas Baltimore's not a year away. Let's not remember, like we were talking about Chiefs Ravens at the start of the season. And remember that Monday night showdown? Mm-hmm. We were like, oh man, what's this game? And we were all excited for that. And, um, you know, Kansas City just came out and wiped the floor with them. But I'm telling you, this is a different Baltimore team right now. It took them a while to pick themselves up off the ground. But, you know, they had they feel within themselves that they're a team of destiny, which is a dangerous thing for a talented team with an extremely physical defense and a former MVP, a quarterback themselves with a lot to prove. You know, I think Lamar probably is a little tired of being compared to Mahomes, to be honest. And I can't underestimate babe, how much different their defense looks with Brandon Williams, with Calais Campbell, with Derek Wolf. Those are three really key guys who've been hurt, and they still went on their run. So, you know, Baltimore's rounded into shape at the perfect time. In my opinion, they are the more dangerous football team. And yes, the Chiefs should want to face Cleveland instead. That's who they get take care of business at home, made a best man win on the other side of that bracket because Bills-Ravens is a physical battle that is what January football is all about. Therese, hear me out on this one. All right, if the Chiefs make the AFC title game, that's three straight years. I'll put the Chiefs as maybe the new Patriots in the AFC. And Pittsburgh, I think we might have seen the best of Pittsburgh this season. And I think there'll be a new team that'll take that role of Pittsburgh that every once in a while would mm. step up and beat the Patriots. Here's what Big Ben said about his future. Talking with my family, discussions, decisions, and 
Um, you know, I still have a year left on my contract. Uh, I hope the Steelers want me back if, if, if that's the way we go. And um, there'll be a lot of discussions, but, but now's not the time for that. It's a lot of discussions, Therese. He's $41 million cap hit. That's a, a quarter of the team's salary cap. 18 free agents, including Villanueva, Bud Dupree, Juju, and James Conner. Pittsburgh has some real decisions to make. You going to rebuild or are you going to try to squeeze blood out of the tournament one more year? I, I don't think the Steelers, I think a new team will take that place. Kind of like Steelers, we're going to that thorn every once in a while for the for the New England Patriots. New England Patriots dominated. I think that might be the Chiefs, but who's going to be that second team? Are we seeing the last of Pittsburgh being dominant? We might be because we saw how different their defense was without Bud Dupree. Um you know, and, and and that was a tough situation with him, you know, basically playing on, you know, a tag and then getting hurt. It it really it really stunk for them, stunk for him. Um, everything in my soul tells me not to like overreact to things. Um, but we know that for that team to like deliver and like reach their potential, the defense does have to be great. And unless Bud Dupree comes back 100% or they find another edge rusher, that's not going to happen. But if honestly, Bink, to answer your question, if, if I were Pittsburgh, I would try to bring in some pass rush insurance. I would bring Dupree back maybe, you know, one year or something. I would try at least. And, um, you know, offensively, I would explore trying to find ways to get physically tougher up front. And I would have to figure out a way to try to run the ball better. You know, I, I know there's an anti-run sentiment out there, you know, um, but but we've seen that teams can win running the ball. Cleveland wins running the ball. Tennessee won running the ball. Baltimore run, won running the ball. And when your quarterback's 38, he you need to run the ball. And I, I think there's still a scenario where you know Pittsburgh can be a contender, even if Roethlisberger is there, but it's not an easy scenario to get to. They they got to figure out a way to upgrade and improve the offensive line, and they got to just change their entire offensive mindset. This whole thing letting Ben throw forty times a game, he's not twenty eight anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, sixty eight times he threw the ball. This is ridiculous. Like run the ball, play action off that, then you're saving his arm, you're saving your bullets. They, you you got to follow the 2018 Pats playbook. It, 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 that's it. Like, you got to follow that playbook. If you're going to beat teams with an older quarterback in general, you need to follow that playbook, man. So you call me something I'm fired up on. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to write a column about what Pittsburgh's path is. But I, I'm not out on them as a contender. But the, the, the path to get their bank is narrow. It is narrow, but I think I would try to trudge it. I probably would. Yeah, I listen to your podcast. Hey, good stuff. Also in the AFC. Rivers backs the throw. Going to heave it way downfield on a Hail Mary around the goal line, and it's batted down at the five by Buffalo, and that is Micah High breaking it up, and the Buffalo Bills have won their first playoff game since 1995, and they up in the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC wildcard game. Final score. Buffalo 27 and the Colts 24. All right, Therese, the Buffalo Bills, they're putting their stamp on this. They have Josh Allen. You've liked this team all season. I do think Frank Wright had some questionable coaching decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, he chose to go for it instead of take the points at the end of the half. 
Blankenship missed a 33-yard field goal. Frank Wright wasted a timeout in the second half on a stupid challenge on Zach Moss' fumble, which we could all see sitting in our recliners. He did not fumble that football. <laughs> I thought Indianapolis, they ran for 163. You pointed out the Buffalo Bills have given up 200 yards a game on the ground when they've lost games, which Baltimore could be a problem for Buffalo this year. But your thoughts on Buffalo getting that playoff win, winning that close game. Hey, we talk about how that does for the Kansas City Chiefs psyche, winning those close games. Does this help Buffalo going forward? It definitely helps Buffalo going forward in the sense that, um, you know, Indianapolis is a, is generally a, a well-coached team that's tough and had an identity. They knew who they are. It was going through the run. Um, and there's just one thing here for Buffalo like, don't, it didn't. It didn't escape my attention that that they surrendered some ground yards yesterday and um, a couple of days ago. And up until like leading up into that game, they hadn't surrendered a 100 yard uh, rusher since like week 10. <laughs> so they were doing better against the run. Yesterday, when they gave up 5.4 yards of carry, they, they they backtrack a little and they better buckle up though because Baltimore is coming. Baltimore knows who it is. Baltimore's going to hit you with power. They're going to hit you with counter bash. They're going to hit you with some fly motions to test your eye discipline. And they're going to run the ball up the middle with their collection of backs led by all-juice running back J.K. Dobbins mm. and all-juice quarterback Lamar Jackson. Okay, so um, it's coming. And they better buckle up and get ready because Baltimore's going to come in there looking to reestablish themselves as a bully of the AFC. Not saying they're better than Kansas City. Like, the Chiefs are the better football team, but I'm talking about play style-wise, right? Who are you? What is your identity? We are the second-best team in the AFC. They're going to go into Buffalo looking to take it to Josh Allen. And I'll tell you this, Ravens aren't going to be scared, not after going into Tennessee and exercising those demons, but Buffalo has a lot of confidence, too. And they got a hell of a young quarterback in Josh Allen that's not scared either. So when I I keep referring to this being a great January football game, I mean it because you've got these two teams headed off against each other, and it's in a great iconic venue. We saw a lot of great NFL films games um, at Ralph Wilson Stadium. It's going to be there. This is going to be great. Must see TV if you love the game of football. Therese, I heard you on the uh, Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson today. You guys did a live show. It was really cool. And then you put it out on podcast. You were talking about Josh Allen kind of fitting the mentality of the city, how they're building that culture in Buffalo, because Buffalo could be that thorn in the side with Kansas City, and we started looking at who's the next best team in the AFC. Don't give up on the Ravens yet. But you talk about the way they've built that team to kind of mimic the city. Yeah, it's just a play style. It's an attitude. And it, honestly, Bink, it starts with the head coach. Like, Sean McDermott doesn't play around. He doesn't play games. He's a tough defensive-minded head coach, you know, workmanlike. He demands that. His teams give effort. Um, and they throw it around a little bit, though. But guess what, though, Bink? That works because in the past, when Buffalo's been good, it was the K-Gun offense. It was no huddle. And they were going, you know, they were, they were throwing the ball. As much, at least as much as you could for the early 90s, right? Uh, go back and watch some of those games. They're on YouTube. It, it's a different game now, Bing. But, um, yeah, I mean, so it's okay. So what this does is you're not just winning games. You're winning games in a way that the fans of your team appreciate and respect and love because they became football fans watching their team play that way. 
not unlike the 0304 going to work Pistons, right? Who are about playing defense and sharing the ball, right? Those those are, you know, defense. Those are things that Pistons fans in the late 80s grew to love and sharing a the ball. They grew to love that because that was championship basketball because Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer. So it, it, and then if you're, but if you're in a city that doesn't have a history like that, it doesn't really matter how you win. As long as you win, then future teams will want to adopt how you won initially. You understand? Yep. It's a fun little, it's one of my favorite theories, but I think you become legends in a city when you win and then you win a certain way that reminds fans of the way the teams they grew up loving used to play too. If you have a question for Therese Paler, hit us up 913-576-7610. Jay Southland Toe Service text line. But there's other games that went on the NFL before we start previewing this weekend's matchup, including another team in the AFC nobody's talking about. We address that next on Therese Paler Show. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. GetMyPerks.com. Victory formation. Lamar Jackson takes a snap. He takes a knee, and he will take off for the divisional playoff round. He is winless no more in the postseason. The Ravens will take down the Tennessee Titans. 20-13 to 13 will be our final score, and it will be a very happy trip back to Baltimore for John Harbaugh and his Ravens, who get their revenge today in Nashville. Welcome back. Therese Paler Show at Therese Paler on Twitter, senior NFL writer on Yahoo. By the way, Alabama up 7 to nothing on Ohio State in the national title game. Therese, the Ravens win again. I don't think enough people are talking about him. Lamar Jackson's 30-7 and in the regular season. He was 14-1 before the Chiefs played him earlier this season. The guy wins games and had one of the most remarkable quarterback runs I've ever seen, that 48-yard scamper to tie the game up, which I think sealed the deal for the Ravens. Yeah, man. Hey, look, Lamar is a beast, and he played like it was personal. And I'm actually not surprised he played like it was personal when I talked to him this summer. But my, I brought up Michael Jordan in the last dance because that was hot at the time. And he's like, I got to watch it because people who know me say I had that competitor gene too. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so if he does, he was going to remember that. He's definitely going to remember what the Titans did to him, not just last year, but this year too. So... Um, you know, Jackson's rounded in the form at the right time by, by with the Ravens doubling down on their strengths again. A lot of power, counter bash. Like they're really gonna they're gonna beat you up physically, um, and they, they they're looking to establish the run. But you know, I, I think you know he's still gonna have to throw the football, especially probably in this round. Um, but if not this round, next one too. Like you know, it's, it's gonna come down to how much better has he improved as a passer, how much better has he gotten as a passer. And, you know, that, that's going to be a story going forward, my man. Well, they shut down Derrick Henry as well. We haven't seen him really shut down like that. And I've said all along, Therese, I feel that Ryan Tannehill goes how Derrick Henry goes. Yep. And I felt by stacking the box, Harbaugh was saying, hey, Tannehill, you go out and beat us. We're going to yep. stop Derrick Henry because we feel like you're a one-trick pony, even with those great wide receivers. We want you to beat us. They couldn't do it. As a matter of fact, on fourth and two, they punt instead of go. Sure feels like if you're a bully on the block, you go for that, right? Yep. Um, oh, nice throw by Justin Fields. Was that a nice throw? <laughs> Ohio State threatening here without 13 players. <laughs> they don't have okay, a kicker either, Therese. They, they're out two kickers in this game, and they just <laughs> scored and tied it up. This game is so far up your alley. But, man, I know 
you love watching Alabama play. So, oh, I get my um, eye on this game. I, I know you did uh, for scouting reasons. I know <laughs> <laughs> my guy Jalen Waddle's playing. I don't think it's the best decision, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's trying to go for a championship, I guess. Yeah. Um, look, no, listen. Here's why the Ravens were able to stop Derrick Henry, my man. They were able. You can do that when you got arguably the best cornerback duo in football. Oh, there's a touchdown. When you got the best cornerback duo in football, right? Like, so, you know, you can you can load up on the box, which they did. Henry faced eight defenders in the box on 72% of his rushes. Guys, that's an absurd amount, by the way. But you can do that when you got Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys out there, right? And, um, you know, Mar- Marlon Humphrey. And the thing to remember there is, you know, those guys are really good, and they can shut down passing games. And the two weapons that that Tannehill really had are Corey Davis and um, A.J. Brown. And those two corners did a nice job, and it helped them lock it up, man. And looking uh, real quickly at the NFC, the clock will run down to 0-0. Washington cannot stop at 24 seconds or left. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will fly home victorious from the nation's capital with a 31-23 victory. I don't know what to think about the Bucs. There's times this year, Therese, we've been back and forth on them, man. I loved it when they pounded the, the Packers 38-10. I think that this team could have benefited from OTAs and minicamp, to be quite honest with you, to get in sync. But that defense is no joke. Number one quarterback knockdowns in the league. They're going to face mm-hmm. these Saints for the third time. Hey, Drew Brees is at home, though. He's a different home quarterback than he's on the road. He Do is. the Bucs have he enough is. for the Saints? Yeah, but the thing that concerns me is, like, on paper, right, I think we agree, like, th- this should be a great football game. It should be close, right? I guess my only question is, what happened the other two times? They face these guys. Why does New Orleans own them to the degree they do? I know. The Bucks lost to these guys by like 35 points last time. Why? Like, why did that happen? They weren't 35 points better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, why did that happen? Like, get after Drew Brees. Like, what is happening here? I just, I, so, so this is going to come down to how well they can play defensively. They can't get behind. I know, I mean, I remember what happened. They got behind early. And they just had to throw a lot. But that can't happen this time, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think New Orleans' defense is good. You know, it's, it's actually really good. And, you know, they're going to take away some of the pet concepts that Tom Brady likes. They still throw vertically. But, you know, they, they've been able to turn him over. Um, so I think Tampa offensively is just going to have to do what they don't like to do and just kind of take what they're given for once offensively. Um, and, and see how that goes. Yes, they can win the game, but it does concern me if I'm a Bucks fan that we've, you know, my team keeps getting blown off the field by those guys. How about Taylor Heineke? The guy was yeah. not playing in December, Therese. He was doing online courses to finish his degree. He had Cam Newton as his fantasy quarterback and yet has one of those impressive runs to the pylon I've ever seen. Elusive. Creating and it, it keeps going back to what we keep saying, uh, Jay. Like, you know, in today's football, like this isn't 2000, this is 1990. It, you're not going to the Super Bowl with a game manager. That that era is dead. The game is too offense heavy. The game is too slanted in that favor. Like the good quarterbacks are gonna win, okay? And your quarterback's got to be able and willing to make plays, probably with both his arm and his feet. And if he can't do it with his feet, he better be just an A1 pocket passer, someone who knows where all the blitzes, who knows the answers to the test, like Brady, 
like Breeze. And in the best case scenario, you got Rodgers, who's still got the elusiveness, but also knows the answer to the test, too. Um, I say all that to say, you know, Heineke's interesting, man. Like, Heineke's interesting. Like, there was some creativity there. I like the way his teammates were, like, playing for him. I'm not saying he's the answer. I say you bring him back, see what he's got, let him compete with you, and you bring in another quarterback, too. Um, I, I like where Washington's at, my man. I, yeah. I like where they're at. I think Ron, just from a football perspective, because the upper reaches of organization, you know, they're trying to fix it. But just from a football perspective, they've got that thing turned in, in the right area, in the in the right direction. And, um, you know, the young defense is outstanding. I know you like that defense. Hey, how could you not like Love John it. Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and Chase Young? Chase Young. These guys will get after you, man. And I, like, even like they're like they're like back seven guys, man. Like some of these guys are like playing, dude. Like Cole Holcomb's a good player. Cameron Curl's good. Like they've the defense has come along. Like the defense has come around. They got to get that offense up to snuff. And if they do, they're gonna be a problem in the NFC East. Therese, we need to take a timeout. We come back. We've already addressed some of the games, but there's other games we haven't talked. There was a firing today in the NFL that was unusual. We'll get to all that when we go around the NFL and take your questions at 913-576-7610 and we get back. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Doug Peterson has been fired in Philadelphia. How about that? It was live on Therese Paler's live video plus podcast with Charles Robinson <laughs> on the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast. Is uh, We'll talk about that as we go around the NFL here on the Therese Paler show. Therese, uh, you broke this news when we went on the, uh, when, you, when you were on the air. A little bit surprising that Doug Peterson was king. I guess there's a lot of talk about it, but it means so many different things. Who's next? Mike Kafka's name was you know, was mentioned by Ian Rapport. We know they wanted Kafka last year, former Eagle. But again, what does this mean for Dougie P? I, I think it means that Peterson looking to go somewhere where he's got a little bit more say. Um, I think he feels okay with where he's at. I think he's all right with this decision, obviously. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see where they end up going. Um, don't know if it's going to be Kafka or Bienemy. We'll see about that. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, they got a lot of candidates to get through. Let's see how this thing develops. Um, that That's an interesting market. That's an interesting... That, that team's in an interesting spot. Not crazy about their cap situation at all and the way they're trending. Um, they, they need to make an inspired hire. We'll see what Jeffrey Lurie does. What's this mean for Wentz? means he's got a new lease on life. Um, feel like at the end of the day it was going to come down to Doug Peterson and Carson versus Carson Wentz. One of them had to go, and maybe it was just as simple as Jeffrey Lurie saying, "Like you, we decided to sign this guy. I'm not getting rid of Howie Roseman, and I'm not going to just take the L on the money with this guy." So, coach, you're gone. We're going to hire somebody to fix the quarterback. And you can argue it might make sense if they were to hire like an Arthur Smith type, someone to bring in the Shanahan style system that's just been so effective in San Francisco and Cleveland and Green Bay. The system works, Bank, especially if you need to rebuild a mobile quarterback's confidence. And Wentz does have talent. You know, something like that is the only thing that would make sense to me, but that, that don't mean they're going to do it. 
Let's stay with the quarterbacks, Therese. What about Deshaun Watson? What a wild Ooh. deal is going on there. Not happy they didn't interview Eric Bieniemy, and I don't blame him. It would have been a perfect fit, but the Dolphins, could they trade? He wants to go to Miami. They there's willing to pick? talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that. There, there's rumors. Um, I think if you're Nick Casario in Houston, you just say, we're not trading you. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> blame sorry. you. I'm like, sorry. It's Deshaun Watson, man. Like, come on. It's like, listen, you literally just signed his contract. If you want to hold out, okay. But, like. You're not getting traded. You're, like, under contract for, like, four years, dude. Like, you're going to stay because you're Deshaun Watson. Now, I think the question is this, too. Like, how does – like, if Casario genuinely liked Tua as a prospect coming out, maybe that's something you could consider. But what a steal that'd be for Miami. What I mean, because I like Tua as much as anybody, but this is Watson. Watson's a proven alpha dog and a Super Bowl-ready quarterback. That'd be amazing. Well, they have the first-round picks to do it if they did it. I, I don't think two would do it, to be honest with you. They have number three, and then Miami's also got number 18, and plus a host of second-round picks. Obviously, Tunsil brought in that. I, I don't know if two first-rounders does it, Trez. I'm thinking maybe three or four. I have no Tunsil's idea. Be three. I mean, for Watson, it's three plus two. Okay. That's where I'm at. That's what it would take. Three plus two. That's interesting there. Now, Mitch Trubisky, that's another one. Uh, Trubisky said, I think I can definitely see myself back here next year. Trubisky said on a Zoom call, obviously a lot of that is out of my control, but it feels like home, and it feels like we have unfinished business, says Mitch Trubisky, fresh off winning the Nickelodeon player of the uh, game. (laughs) An unintentionally backhanded compliment to the kids. Um, No, listen, he can want to come back. I get it. Those guys... Trubisky's a good dude. He's a good kid. Like the people, the, the, he's a likable guy. But you know, it's time for a fresh start for both sides. Like Trubisky needs to go somewhere else. Okay, it's time for him to get um, go to a new place where he's not going to keep being compared to Watson and Mahomes. Like he needs to go somewhere else, probably in that Shanahan style system, and try to pull a Ryan Tannehill and reboot his career. Uh, meanwhile, the Bears, if they keep Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. You know, they need to bring in a quarterback that's ready to win now because those guys are going to be on the hot seat next year. Speaking of that game in Nickelodeon. Hi, I'm Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and I'm about ready to get slimed after our super wild card win on Nickelodeon this weekend. Ah! There you go. Nickelodeon showed a game. Sean Payton got slimed after the game. I'll be honest with you, Therese, I didn't watch a lot of the Nickelodeon broadcast. I flipped over to see what it looked like. I do like Nate Burleson, but to be honest with you, I stuck with the regular broadcast, but people loved it. Yeah, the Nickelodeon broadcast was really cool, and I, it wasn't my intention to stay with it, but it, because I, you know, I take this pretty seriously, but it, I was, you do. it was actually such a good broadcast, you know, just like, I, I appreciated the way they handled it. They weren't condescending to the kids. Some of the graphics were really like the slime graphics like this is an, it was a really good example of why the NFL continues to rake in money because like they're they have to cater the, to kids because that's like the next group who's going to end up spending money and loving their product and frankly um, that's how you build lifelong fans like I, I don't know about you but I started watching NFL films when I was seven yeah and oh, yeah, that's Chris. played a big role <laughs> in me loving the game of football so like that's why like that's why they're doing it and it's why they continue to have a foothold in American society. It's actually a sign of a really well, it's, it's a sign of an organization that knows how to make money. 
Yeah, I, I think they've done a great job, as we mentioned earlier. 256 games up, 256 games down, and they're going. Speaking of uh, quarterbacks, is Rivers done? Rivers going to the booth or, broad, oh. or, play, or coaching high school football, like he said? No, Bink, he was crying like he was done. And if, it, if this is it for Rivers, who really had a, a decent season in his last year, if this is it for him, you know, I'll, I will I will have remembered the Philip Rivers experience somewhat fondly. Like, he's been fun to watch play the game. Um, a lot of trash talk, the unique passing style. You know, there's not going to be – we're not going to see another Rivers with the riverboat gambler sidearm stuff um, in the delivery. He was a unique guy, a genuinely good interview. Um, you know, he's had a great career. And, um, you know, wherever he goes from here on, I'm sure he'll, he'll be successful and um, – you know, hopefully we can get him in the booth because I do think he'd be great. You're a Hall of Fame voter. Is he a Hall of Famer? His numbers are going to be very difficult to overlook. Um, you, I mean, go look him up sometimes. He's really good statistically. The problem for him is that there's just no, like, iconic moments. And, the, like, the Hall of Fame really is kind of about that, too. Um, he's a guy that I expect there to be split votes. Um, he will get in the room one day. And we're going to have to figure it out from there, my man. But it's no guarantee for sure. But he, I bet you he, he has a better case than people think, but I'm not sure that it's going to be enough. But but he does have a better case than people think, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does get in. All right, questions for Therese from the 913. Should the Chiefs go linebacker, cornerback, or O-line in the first round? O-line. Um, guys, I'm with you. It's, it's Mahomes. Like, so, like, I, let's go. Right tackle. Offensive guard, you know, killer center. I'm ready for all that. Like, let's protect the most fun player in football. No question about it. Therese also from the 816. Which game are you looking forward to this weekend? Rams, Packers, Bills, Ravens, Browns, Chiefs, or Bucks, Saints, part three? Mm. I, I talked up Ravens, Bills so much. I'm going to stick with that one. I just think that's classic old school football in a classic old school environment. That's a game big that's going to remind us a little bit of like 1995 minus all like the shotgun quarterback run stuff. Just if you just look at the run game stuff and you just look at uh, uh, Devontae Smith, your boy. Yeah. Um, How about Mechie the out there game. though? Mechie too, man. I'm telling you, watch Mechie. I know Mechie. you mentioned Mechie. Somebody mentioned uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Miller from uh, formerly in yeah. the draft scout compared Devontae Smith to Marvin Harrison. Where are you at with that? I can see that. I can definitely see that with that body type. But I also say this. Yeah. I don't know if Devontae wins the Heisman if Waddle's uh, healthy all year. Yeah, I know. Waddle's outstanding, right? Waddle's a kind of – Waddle looks like a chief to me. Oh. I'm just saying. Or Chris uh, Olave. He, like he could be at the end of the first round too. I know that uh, we're going to be looking at offensive line for the Chiefs, but Olave could be sitting there around 29-30-32. Mm-hmm. I'm State. all for getting my home's help. I'm good with it. No Therese, what that looks like. you've been outstanding. Follow Therese on Twitter, at Therese Paler. He's a Hall of Fame voter and a senior writer at Yahoo Sports. Therese, it's been fun again. We'll have the Chiefs playoff game against the Browns to discuss next Monday night. Thank you, Bink. You've been outstanding, my man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, let's enjoy this football, guys. Thanks, Therese. Take care. Dusty Likens, Red Reaction, next! How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.